on this week's episode of Good For You. Friends don't let friends. Water talk alone. Hello and welcome to Good For You. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. podcast about the things we ghosted, the purchases that haunt us, the best products, services, and industry happenings in the wellness, well-being, and spiritual space. We're going to give you a healthy little dose of fun. We're going to talk about the things that are happening in pop culture, the ones that got away, the things in our cart that are haunting us or ghosting us, our strong opinions that are loosely held. <laughs> we like to call this the Grext, the group text in your ear. So come say hello. Join us in the audio Grext, where friends don't let friends get, get scammed. Hi, Michelle. Do you have a drink today? Oh, do I? Do you have a drink today? I have herbal tea, the most basic. That's kind of what I had last week. Okay, ready? Yeah. ASMR. I'm drinking a Doc Pop, which is Poppy's Dr. Pepper. It's really good. I'm jealous. It's really good. I'm reminded of that Spider-Man ASMR video where he's like, <laughs> yes, that was good. I think I was like thinking in my head, did I send that to her like while I was breastfeeding at 4 a.m. and like I forgot about it because I did sign up for something the other day called Landing Space like four times while I was asleep. Like I <gasps> <laughs> like you were nodding off. In yes, chair? I was like nodding off and I signed up for this thing four times. And I got four emails from it in my inbox the next day. I don't really understand how it works still, but it's cool. It's supposed to be the new hip thing that all the kids are doing. Landing dot space. OK, what is it? It's like mood boards or something. I don't get it. Really, I took maybe three minutes to try and understand it as I was scrolling through the app. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. But basically, you make mood boards then you like pin them or something or you save them. Once again, I don't really get it. But Pinterest apparently has made a knockoff of it that they're calling spaces maybe. Is it a new Tumblr? Okay. I found their Instagram and it says your community powered inspiration engine. Yeah. I'm extremely intrigued. <laughs> we will report app. We will report app back. <laughs> we will we will report app. I will try and figure out what Pinterest is knocking off, but landing space is, is cool. I think if you get it, I just don't get it. I would love a Pinterest usurp just for the drama of it all. <laughs> yeah, Pinterest is, they've been on top for a while. They just are resting on their laurels up there. They could be better. They have no excuse now. The competition has arrived. I agree. Let's see what happens. Smackdown, visual Smackdown. Weighing 225 pounds. Landing space. So you have your drink. I have my drink and I was furiously looking at the ingredients because I've been on water talk lately, like water TikTok. Mm. I don't know how I got there. Like sometimes when you're on TikTok scrolling through things and you just get like a random video of someone pulling a wart out of their toe or something. Oh no, I'm not on that. Or like cheerleaders falling down or water talk. And you're like, how did I get here? Because this isn't like my brand and I'm not really interested in this. That's how I landed on Water Talk. And it's basically these videos of people, mostly women so far, is whom I have seen with their gigantic 40 ounce Stanley tumblers. And they're like, okay, y'all, we're making unicorn, peach ring, gummy bear, frosting, water today before school. <laughs> and then they like put it into their little, they add a bunch of ice and then they like put all their syrups in and then they 
mix it like this, and then they drink it and they're like, delicious. And they are putting all these syrups in like different colors and packets of stuff like crystallated. And it's a little confusing, like especially the drinks that there there's a lot of flavors going on and the comments because some people are like, just drink water. <laughs> like, What is going on? Just drink regular water. Why does it have to be like animal bear frosting chocolate dream cake surprise? Like, Why can't it just be regular? H2O. And then other people are like, don't yuck someone's yum. Let them have their fun. They're drinking water. They could be doing worse things in life. I think they would if they could drink regular <laughs> water. I think these are people who are like, I will not. I shall not. You can't make me. And honestly- I will have the most fun water. <laughs> Honestly, I get it. I get it. As an element girly, I, I get it. I think what it reminds me of, and we talked about this, was the videos that you've sent me, which I curse you now that it is in my algorithm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hex you. <laughs> I TikTok hex you. <laughs> they, these people opening their pantries. These pantries look like stores. Rows and rows of syrups, like gigantic bottles of syrup. So I don't know. I'm just doing the overconsumption, but hey, not trying to yuck the yum. So my little flares going off in my head when I'm looking at this are like, first off, this can't be healthy. And I know it's just water and it's diet. So they're basically making like flat diet soda, which like go off. Mm. Artificial sugars are not good for you. And I am not saying this to fear monger. But I will give you some personal anecdotal experience. I have epilepsy. I was diagnosed when I was 17. I had my first seizure after drinking. I got into this habit of drinking a ton of Crystal Light. Like it was at the very end of summer. I probably was drinking like four packets of Crystal Light a day. And then I started having seizures. And I started to notice correlation between the amount of artificial sweetener that I'd taken and my seizures. The more artificial sweetener I have, the more likely I was to have a seizure. And I don't drink diet soda anymore oh my Gosh, for this reason or Splenda or anything like that or like skinny syrups at a coffee shop or something like that because sucralose and aspartame are like the two worst ones. Stevia is fine. But yeah, if I have like more than two packets of basically of Splenda, which is sucralose, and it's 600 times more sugary than actual sugar, I will get an aura and I'm in the danger zone. And there's a lot of other stuff that contributes to seizures, but I do think that it is literally toxic for your body <laughs> just based off of that like bodily response. And I don't think I'm like a special snowflake in this. I just think that I might be a little more delicate than the average person. There are so many studies though about the links to artificial sweeteners and a lot of different health problems. I guess you have to weigh your demons, right? If you're going to be drinking soda instead with like sugar, that's going to I don't know if you're trying to lose weight or get healthier, or you're diabetic, like maybe you do want to have the seizure causing sucralose. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you do want to pass out. I don't know. But again, not going to yuck someone's yum. I would just say sip sparingly. I think this is not a new trend. It's just taking on a different form. Every once in a while, people are like, fuck water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't deal with this shit. It's so boring. They're like, how about LaCroix? It used to be wine. People were drunk all the time. And they were like, that is untenable. Jesus was like, water? How about wine? <laughs> Actually, like sort of, you know, water talk was Jesus Christ. Thank you for showing us the light of the boringness of H2O. Water sucks. Gatorade is better. Anyway, it's no. a lot. There's a lot that's happening on the internet. In particular, speaking of TikTok, you know what else goes viral on TikTok? Dupes. We are same, same. 
Same, same, but different, but still same. <laughs> Some might say that this has been a dupe podcast. <laughs> Some might say this started out as a dupe podcast, but I would like to think that we evolved from being a dupe only <laughs> podcast to what we're same. doing right now. A <laughs> dupe adjacent is right. That's true. Like a dupe rising with a sexy, unique sun and a haunted cart moon. You've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a headline that we saw written by Amanda Mull. The title of this article is shoppers are stuck in a dupe loop. TikTok made knockoffs cool at what cost? Question mark. What are your thoughts on the dupe loop? Do you think TikTok is really the one to blame? Yeah. Did TikTok make dupes popular? I don't think so. We were on Reddit forever ago looking at Glossier dupes and skincare addiction always has dupes. There's an entire brand that just matches the like chemical and ingredient list of expensive products to other products. Like all these things existed before TikTok. However, just like water talk, <laughs> is it maybe spreading faster or going exponentially more viral because of the distribution method that is TikTok, which is like moves at the speed of the internet and beyond? Yeah, I think... Like a lot of things out there, this is definitely not new in the consumer market because people are always looking for a better deal since there was bartering, since there was a consumer market. There's always going to be an appetite for something cheaper, something that is comparable, something that appears as a duplicate of the product. So chicken and egg here with TikTok of who started what. But I think what was interesting in this article for me was specifically the call out of the markup on beauty products overall. I think I didn't really actually know that generally the markup for beauty products is in the 70s. The example that they used was Mac, Clinique, and Estee Lauder have a 73% margin on their products. Oh. So we are getting... <laughs> scammed scam scammed every oh. which way yeah and this is a really high mark markup for a consumer product but part of the i guess excuse here for the markup is that customer acquisition is really expensive because it's super competitive in this space to acquire customers through advertising especially today but i don't think that justifies it so i think what's interesting about that is that means there's a huge market for dupes, but it all goes back to just more and more consumerism. The whole theory with dupes is, and this is the same with handbags and luxury goods, like walking the streets of Chinatown in New York, where people are always hawking the latest dupe for Prada, Louis Vuitton, you name it, is that they actually increase the value in the sales of the original product. A lot of brands will create their own dupe lines. Like UGG created their own dupe line of shoes. Thug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thug slippers. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is just an interesting kind of piece of the pie of it all really, it all goes back to the top. It all really contributes to the ultimate aspirational item because even when you're thinking about the dupe, this is what they talk about also through the psychology of this in this article is even when you're thinking about the dupe, you're ultimately thinking about the more expensive high-end version that you would actually like to have. So one day you will, you will live that life. 
Yeah, you'll replace your fake Hermes bag, ideally with a real Hermes bag or your dupe Charlotte Tilbury, whatever. There you go. Illuminating bronzer with, or you want to get that. You were replacing the L'Oreal version. I don't know. I don't think that TikTok has changed dupe culture that much other than maybe making us like a little bit more aware of it. But also a lot of things that people say are dupes on TikTok aren't actual dupes. Dupe means duplicate, right? They're more like alternatives that are like yes. similar, but are not like a direct dupe of a product. Yeah. Which I don't know. We've been doing that for ages. Like Lucky Magazine used to do like most expensive, middle tier, cheapest, like what you could find at Forever 21 versus Macy's versus, I don't know, Chanel. I don't think this is anything new. This reminds me of what we were talking about last week on what we, an evergreen topic in, I would say, our chats in general is carpets. <laughs> I'll bring it all back. I oh, promise. Yes, that's true. Carpets. We love to talk about carpets. Rugs. We do. But there's so little transparency as a consumer in a lot of what we buy, especially mm -hmm. in the beauty space and furniture, carpets. There's such a huge range of mm -hmm. quality, but price. Yep. And so you think you get an idea of, oh, this one's actually higher quality than this one, but you don't really know because in terms of the supply chain and production, we have so little information as consumers. And as consumers also in the US, we have very few rights in terms of the information mm -hmm. that we get and what companies and brands have to provide to the consumers. So I think it's this vicious cycle of really wanting a deal because you get lost in the sauce of, I don't know, what is quality? What isn't? Is this really higher quality that I'm paying for? I don't trust that it is. I feel like you're all psyching me out. So I might as well just get the cheaper thing anyways, because I actually can't tell. So it is this like self-fulfilling thing where it works that there is no transparency. The only way you can really know is testing products over time and knowing the difference, but then ultimately more consumption. That's so true. Yeah. You have, you buy the dupe and you're like, I don't know, this isn't that great. Let me buy the real thing. So now you have both and yeah. maybe they're both not that great. You know, exactly. I, this was my cashmere experience. I was looking for cashmere and there were things that were like at whatever Uniqlo that are like $25 yeah. and there's cashmere sweaters that are $400 and like they're both cashmere. They look the same. How different can they actually be? And now that I've tried a couple of brands, I'm like, I don't really see the difference, honestly, or feel the difference. Sexiest, unique, a scam, cashmere. Or maybe not unique at all. <laughs> Just scams left and center. <laughs> I think the dupe thing is, it's also interesting because it does feel like a game, right? Because we are in this hyper consumptive society and this mechanism, like we're in the machine, we like to especially try things and test them things out. It's like you feel like you're winning if you get a dupe and it's good and you spend less money. But ultimately, it's, it's still promoting, at least on TikTok, consumption. And I think they referenced de-influencing in this article, which is so funny to me that became even a term because it's just, again, nothing new. It's people just giving product reviews. I don't know. Who is this good for? Good for you. Good for you. Good for him. Good for you. Dupe world on its face, I think is good for the customer. Like when you at first glance, you're like, that's good. Yeah. We want to have options. We want to be able to like pick and choose for the people. But like you said, it's much more far reaching than that. It's 
more conniving. It's more Machiavellian. It really just serves the purpose of making you want more stuff or making you want the original thing. So I would say it's not, it's definitely not good for the consumer. It's probably good for capitalism. It's probably good for the economy. But for us little people looking through the Target makeup aisles, hoping to find dupes for Mac products, I don't think it's good. Great for the free market, bad for our disposable income. <laughs> but if you're going to buy stuff anyways, well, I'm going to buy foundation, right? I can just go with a random foundation that I would normally get at the drugstore, Sephora, whatever, or I can try the dupe of some brand that I found on the internet that I that everyone's saying is amazing. My point is I'm still going to buy it. I'm going to buy something. That is, we already knew this, but beauty and makeup is marking up everything in the 70s. Tough world out there for the pink tax. But great if you're a beauty founder. Tough because a lot of female founders are beauty product founders. That's true. Want to support them. Want to Let- throw them some coin. But you're kind of marking me up. Do me a solid. Maybe only mark me up 50%. I don't know. But it's okay. I know you still make less than most of your peers <laughs> who run other and, and there we go. We're back in the circle. We're like, <laughs> we might as well do it. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, let us know. I'm sure we're missing something here, but we had to bring it up. Tell us what you think. Please write into us at Good For You Pod or directly on Spotify. Let us know. What do you think about the dupe loop? We're stuck in it. Clearly. And we're not getting out because our next segment, our sexy, unique scam, we're talking more about pricing because pricing, as you can tell, is very opaque. And wanted to bring up that Telfar has a radical new pricing system and they're calling it the ultimate anti-luxury move, at least Fast Company is. And it's pretty confusing. I'm not going to lie to you. This anti-luxury pay what you want situation. Wallace, do you know how the new pricing tool works on the Telfar website? It sounds like (laughs) an auction. Yeah, it's really confusing. So backtrack a little bit. Telfar is famous for his bags, Telfar bags. They are pretty affordable, but they're also considered luxury. Yes, they sell out within seconds on his website. They're great. And he's always wanted to make really inclusive fashion choices while also being a luxury brand. So he and his creative director, whose name is Radboy, this is the story that they told Fast Company. They're looking at a hoodie and realizing the brand could charge $100 or $600 for it. And as we know, most brands are going to go as high as they possibly can when it comes to pricing their products that you'll still buy. So they'll try to go for $600. But Telfar was like, mm, I don't really want to do that. What if we make it so everyone can afford it, not just the upper echelons of the fashion world? So they developed this new pricing tool and it is so confusing. So basically, when you jump onto this site, all the products are going to be priced at wholesale prices. So let's say a sweatshirt is, it's priced at $10. Every 20 minutes, the price increases by about one cent. That just gave me so much anxiety. Yes, that's the point. So already they're creating scarcity, right? Because if you jump on, as soon as like it goes live, you're going to get the best price. So the longer you wait, the more the price is going to go up for the product. And it goes up until it sells out. So what is sellout? Like how many, how much are they making? What are the runs of products that they're making? They're determining that. So let's say they sell out of the sweatshirt in 30 seconds, then the price stays at $10. But if they sell out of the sweatshirt 
three weeks later, then the price ends up being $70 because it's gone up $20 every week. But I think there are like some holes here because they don't tell you how many products they're going to end up selling, like what's in the run. And they can still like play with the pricing to get what they want. I just think it's really confusing. And if it does anything, it's going to make people act like they do with Supreme Drops. Like I think bots are going to buy more stuff. I just don't think it's actually an inclusive way. I see another Taylor Swift Eras tickets tour situation happening. I just yes. don't think I don't think that this is the way <laughs> to do inclusive pricing, but I hope that I'm wrong. It just seems like a shit show. All I could think about is... All my ADHD, neurodivergent people who know what it's like to impulse shop (laughs) or just have a moment of weakness where you're like, this will make me happy. (laughs) That plays on that for one. Then it also plays, to your point, into the resale market, like Mm -hmm. bots buying things, people buying things in really big quantities and then reselling it elsewhere because that's how a lot of these drops function and how the prices get driven up with the scarcity mindset. It's cool that they're trying something new and I don't want to be suspect of this having ill intentions, but ultimately they're a business that needs to drive profits at an exponential rate. And I think that's what this is working towards. And that's fine. That's the point of this business. I think that's where the like the sniff of a scam comes in because Something like this is promoted as transparency when really there are like other things that are going to happen in the business that are super beneficial for the business. And I guess just say that, (laughs) just say, and we know that it's going to up the resale value of these, which is really important for us in creating like a luxury brand, luxury legacy brand. I think that Everlane does something similar with their pay what you want. It's not the same, but it's a similar sort of, we want to be transparent about the cost of stuff. And we know that Everlane has a sort of sorted past. They've been called out for a lot of lack of transparency in not only like their product chain, but also the way that they treat employees. Yeah. And if you if they you can select whatever you want to pay for this like t-shirt that's on sale, I can pay $15 or I can pay $30. I'm going to pay 15. And why didn't you just price it there? Isn't this supposed to be like the most affordable version of basics and like you're making them ethically as affordably as possible? Why is there still like wiggle room in pricing then? Well, also, I would love to talk to our past guest from Close Horse, yeah, Amanda, because I'm sure she would have a really interesting take on this because I, I don't know this space at all. But it's just hard to take it at face value. Of course, we should be suspicious of everything that we read and be critical of it. I think it just smells sneaky to be like, to your point, this is an ethical thing we're doing. It's like, you could also just not, you don't even have to say that. You could just. That's what Everlane says. Exactly. To be, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's more truth to that also than we know. Cause again, I don't know this type of business, but. Yeah. Maybe they're taking it at a loss, but normally when you sell stuff on sale, not necessarily taking it at a loss. You're still, there's still a mark up there. Yeah. The thing that could be good though, is if they're actually getting a better idea of demand and creating less waste in terms of not creating quantities of products that people aren't going to buy and don't sell, that's a great upside. And maybe this model will contribute to that further down the line. I think that's what they're saying, right? Like we're trying to get an understanding, the bigger orders we can put in, the better deals we can get. 
but then that I'm still confused because I'm like, then the wholesale price like isn't the wholesale price. It's actually cheaper because you're putting in more orders. I don't know. I maybe I just don't understand it. <laughs> it was confusing. It's pretty confusing. <laughs> I'm extremely confused. You're confused. I'm fucking confused, bro. Watch the space. I think that alternative pricing is always complicated because people's money trauma comes up and that's a story for another day. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Do you have a haunted cart? Haunted cart. Honestly, not to plug, but to plug, I got the order of Alice Mushrooms, who was on the podcast two weeks ago. Nice. Our, one of the co-founders was Charlotte. They are delicious and I'm enjoying them both for focus and sleep. So nice. shout out to Alice Mushrooms. I would say that has made me happy this week. And other than that, lots of water, lots of herbal tea, not fancy water. I'm sorry. I'm basic. Not water talk water. Dang. No. Okay. How about you? What is keeping me off the ledge? I'm baking a lot. I'm making a lot of bread. I'm baking a ton. I love to see it. I, yep. I'm really enjoying my new KitchenAid mixer that I got. <gasps> Um, I got a refurbished one from KitchenAid and it's super fun. Ooh. Loving it. And okay. I got a digital camera when my son was born. Just a little like point and shoot that I could put mm -hmm. in my bag because my phone is awesome, but I wanted to have a good camera too. Yeah. And I got this little dingle dongle that you put it into your phone and you can put the SD card directly into it and it uploads the pictures to your phone, which is really cool. Yeah. So much better than having to upload them to your computer because I'm not looking at my computer, let's be honest, when I'm looking for my pictures. And it has made the process of taking pictures and putting little, I put like little vlogs together of his days and like his life, oh um, like so much easier because I can just do it all on my phone and it's really fun. And then one more thing, I did go to ASOP last week to <gasps> exchange something because I had gotten a product there probably two years ago that always makes me break out. And not only did they give me a free hand cream to oh replace gosh. it, which was really nice. They did upsell me on their new <laughs> incense. Mm -hmm. And so I have the Aesop Lovely. incense. Look at that gorgeous packaging. Oh my God. Does it have a holder in the box? That's it does. It like. has a little holder. Yeah. And I got... They outdid themselves. They really did. I got the Hinoki cinnamon clove scent and I really like it. Will add to cart. <laughs> Influenced. God damn it. Every time. <laughs> I didn't know you could return something from two years ago. Okay. So here's the thing. I didn't expect them to. I was just nice. And I was like, listen, this makes me break out every time I use it. But I have two other products that I want to buy that I love that are empty. Can you just make sure that whatever ingredients are in this, I don't buy in anything else. And Oh my gosh. What a good line. <laughs> that was my intention. I, know, I, true. <laughs> I just didn't want to have another reaction. And so I was just talking to the girl and she was like, I feel so bad. This is like full and you didn't use it. Like here, let me give you a hand cream. So she was just being kind, but I still got a free hand cream, whatever. <laughs> I was like, that's $60 kind. <laughs> that's true. But they did make a lot of money off of me because I had to refill two, two facial lotion products. Yeah. So they did the math and they were like, yeah. can, they're like, throw her hand cream and she'll, she'll be indebted to us forever. Honestly, you're like, I'm coming in here to test you after this acquisition. <laughs> merely. F a I few did days ask later. her about it. I did ask her. I was like, so what do you think about the acquisition? She was like, we just found out about it. I just work here, lady. Calm down. <laughs> like I deal in lotions and potions, not yeah. numbers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about the new management? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you think the formulas are going to change? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. 
Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah, seriously. Anyway. You had a great little haunted house of cards. It was a mashup. Yeah, it was. You're right. Sometimes little buying ourselves silly little things are the things that keep us from falling off the ledge. Amen. Again, this podcast responsible for it. <laughs> Guys. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Don't change. Or do. Have a great summer. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Good For You is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme song is by Parallel Dance Ensemble. And our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studio. You can find more information about at the link in our show notes.